Jeff, you bad motherfucker. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 808 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, we're going to give away free seeds. Hang out. We'll talk more about the free seeds later in this episode. Also, if I owe you free seeds from a previous episode, they should be on the way. If you do not receive free seeds by the time this episode comes out, please send me a gentle reminder. My email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. In the subject line, please do put the word prizes. Also include the episode number in which you won those seeds. And also give me your real address with a real name so I do know where to ship those seeds. Also, I am proud to announce that Irie Genetics Premium Seeds is now available on Neptune Seed Bank. That's right. Go check out NeptuneSeedBank.com. They should have regular and feminized Irie Genetics seeds in stock. They recently picked up a bunch of Orangegasm, Golden Goat, and Lemon Jeffrey seeds. Also, by the time this comes out, they may still possibly have Big Mountain Fudge Cake Fem Seeds in stock. So go check out our friends at NeptuneSeedBank.com. Also, I want to give a big shout out to everybody I met at the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash. I had an amazing time at the event. I took Mike with me. We drove up from Pueblo up to Denver uh, early Saturday morning. We made it into Denver. Uh, we got to unload our gear right in front of the event. I went and parked the car, and then Mike helped me carry everything in. As we were carrying things in, guess who showed up? My bro Billy Bong showed up to the event. He said he was flying in from Hawaii to bank it. Uh, Billy had quite the adventure getting from Hawaii to Colorado. Uh, every flight was delayed. Everything that could have gone wonky went wonky. But guess what? My dude Billy keeps a positive attitude. He made it to the event. We had a great time. At the end of the event, I was like, hey, Billy, you want to go get dinner? And he looked at me with these glazed eyes. And he's like, bro, I'm so exhausted. I need a hotel. So Billy took off after the event. He went and crashed out. Mike and I went and got some food and then headed home. It was a great weekend. It was a great event. A very successful event for Irie Genetics and Team Irie Army. We had a really good time. Uh, we sold a bunch of seeds, but more importantly, we got to see the community, the crew. It was another great uh, community-based event. Uh, a lot of the Irie Army comes through. A lot of people that know me uh, kind of peripherally, that's a big word for the show here, uh, that know us from other breeders and just the seed industry, they finally got to come, come say hi, shake my hand, check out the booth, get some stickers, uh, get introduced to Mike and myself, uh, learn about the podcast, see how we set up a booth. Uh, it was just a great time to go uh, network and get some exposure and meet a lot of great people. If you came by the booth at the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash, thank you. Thanks for popping by. If you gave me seeds, weed, uh, hash, concentrates, edibles, uh, things I shouldn't mention here on the show, thank you for all of the amazing gifts that we were given at the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash. Also, I want to send an extra special shout out to my dude at Bubba's Cheesecakes. Bro, those cheesecakes... I shouldn't even be eating cheesecakes. Uh, there's some dietary restrictions that I do break because cheesecake. That's the only answer there. Dude, those cheesecakes were delicious. Bubba, if you ever see this, thank you for the delicious cheesecake. My whole team was happy with the cheesecakes we all ate. I honestly bought two. I thought, I'm going to eat about half of these, and then I'm going to offer them to other people so that I don't eat both of these cheesecakes. They're a little cheesecake, guys. Don't think I'm a, a real huge savage here, just a half savage. But I got about halfway through the first cheesecake, and I realized um, I don't like my friends as much as I like cheesecake, and they're going to have to go get their own. So I devoured two cheesecakes. They were quite delicious. Shout out to my buddy Bubba. So before I go too far, I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Mike. Big shout out. You guys know him as White Mike. I just call him Mike these days. Big shout out, bro. Thank you. Uh, Mike has been helping me out a lot with the Irie Genetics trade show booth. 
Last year, I had the vid. I couldn't make it to the Dude Grows Cup. Mike took the entire booth in his car. He set up the booth. He sold the seeds. He did a really good job. He made a lot of friends. He left an impact on the community because this year at the Dude Grows Cup, everybody knew who Mike was. They're like, what's up, Mike? Good to see you again. Welcome back. So that was super cool to see Mike uh, making a step up in the cannabis community. People know who he is. You guys remember him. Uh, you go show him some love. That is great. But also, uh, Mike went to the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash. And I love how Mike is just falling into place and learning exactly how to run the booth. Uh, I don't know how I want the booth exactly ran. Mike doesn't know exactly how I want the booth ran, but we're figuring it out as it goes through different trade shows. And we've built a really nice flow together. Uh, we can just kind of look and point and grunt at each other. And we know what we expect. He watches me interact with customers. He knows I'm going to ask for a t-shirt to give you, or he knows to pass me some stickers or whatever. So big shout out to Mike. Mike has been, uh, Mike has been coming to all of the events with me. He's been my right-hand man for a long time. Uh, he knows how to run my booth without me. Uh, I can take a break and go use the restroom or go buy cheesecake or just go roam around at this event. You guys, I just roam around, roamed around and gave away free packs of seeds to people who looked like they could use some seeds who I'd never met before. It's a good way to introduce myself and my brand. So I just went and gave away seeds and I had faith that Mike and Billy were holding down the booth. So big shout out to my buddy, White Mike. Uh, he's becoming uh, a really reliable booth uh, manager, a booth dude for me. Uh, and it's working very well. Thank you, bro. It's making the events a lot more fun when I can uh, relax and interact with the customers that want to come talk to me. I'm kind of the face of the company. They have a lot of questions. Mike can keep business moving and keep things flowing for me. And I appreciate that. While I'm giving people shout outs, I want to send another shout out to my dude, Billy Bong Smokin'. Like I said, that dude flew in from Hawaii. Uh, he was on the plane probably four times as long as he got to hang out with me and Mike. We hung out from about 11 to about 6, maybe 5.30. Uh, got about six full hours in hanging out with each other. Of course, we were working most of the time. It was a, uh, a retail event. So we started so many conversations. We would ask a question and get started on a conversation and then have to uh, stop and help whoever was coming up to the booth. Not a problem, but uh, we started so many conversations and did not finish a lot of them. So Billy, we got a lot more hanging out to do, bro. But big shout out to my buddy, Billy. Uh, he's trying to take a step up in his cannabis knowledge, his trade show knowledge. He learned a lot this weekend and met a lot of great people. So shout out to Mike and Billy. Also, I want to send a gigantic shout out to my buddy, Wolf. Uh, it's Wolf. It's Groovy Gravy. Without Wolf, these events would not happen. Wolf put this one on. Uh, from what I noticed, it went on without a hitch. It was flawless. Parking at the beginning was a little questionable. They got that figured out. It flowed like a dream after that. They got us in. Uh, we got right to the booth. We got set up. The customers came. They shopped. So the way they did this one, you bought tickets for a one-hour time slot. You were allowed to shop from noon to one. Then they uh, sequestered you. Is that the word? Escorted you out to the back of the event where there was plenty happening in the backyard. There was a band out there. There was music. There was plenty of food. There was tacos. Uh, there were sandwiches. There was ice cream. There was cheesecake. There was hash to be smoked out there. There was a lot going on out there in the back patio. So it wasn't like you were forced to leave, but you got a one hour shopping spot inside. And then you were kind of escorted out to the outside part where you could hang out with everybody and chill, make friends and mingle if you wanted to. But I feel like the event went super smoothly. All of the time blocks came in, all of the time blocks shopped. They left like they were supposed to. Uh, between the shopping time slots, the vendors get a 15, a 10 or 15 minute break between each wave or time slot. And that makes it super nice. I can rearrange my booth. I could take a quick drink of whatever I'm drinking. Uh, I could go take a piss if I need to. Honestly, uh, a lot of the time when it was a 10 minute break, I would just take a big fat dab. It was a non-consumption event, you guys. So allegedly I was taking dabs. It's different when you're a vendor. They're not going to kick you out when you paid a bunch of money to be there. But uh, it was a great event and it could not have happened without our buddy, 
Wolf, also known as Groovy Gravy. Bro, if you ever see this, I don't know if you watch the show. I don't know if you ever hear the shout outs, but bro, thank you. Uh, it was an honor to be a part of the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash, and I hope I'm invited next year. It is, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I think it's kind of like an invite-only sort of an event. There are very minimal amounts of booth spaces in the small venue which we choose, and I think it's full. It's, it's pretty full, and we get basically it's all the top-notch breeders in there. So it's kind of an invite only. I hope I keep my invite next year. And if you guys did not make it this year, if I'm there or not next year, you guys got to go. So plan your trip. Uh, you're going to have to choose or maybe come out for a long week, a long month and stay for the Dude Grows Cup and the Groovy Gravy event. Come hang out. It's a good time. We'll all go to dinner afterward. Also, shout out to Mike for enduring. Uh, I took Mike to a vegan restaurant. Mike is not vegan. Uh, I'm not vegan. I'm just vegetarian. But uh, it's way easy to go pick out food for me when I just go to a vegan restaurant. I can eat everything on the menu. Mike actually found some stuff he thoroughly enjoyed. So shout out to Mike for enduring that. Now, I do have two more people I want to give a shout out to, maybe another group of people that I'd like to send shout outs to from the Groovy Gravy event. I know I've been going on for quite a while about that event, but it was a good time. It's great to go bond with the community, go see old friends and new friends. Uh, where I'm headed is uh, shout out to uh, Swerve from the Cali Connection. Before I even got completely set up, Swerve popped out of nowhere. I don't even know where he came from. He's just right in my face. He's like, what's up, bro? You look good. You are killing it. The logo looks good. I like your booth. Swerve was full of compliments. Uh, very encouraging. Uh, Swerve is the Cali Connection. He's been around for a long time. Swerve and I made friends a while back, uh, several years ago at an event. Um, at the High Times Cannabis Cup in Denver was the first time we really hung out. Uh, since then, he's been inviting me to hang out at his booth at events. Um, there was one couch at the Cannabis Cup in Denver, uh, and it was at Swerve's booth, at the Cali Connection booth. And Adam Ill, myself, and little Kev and Swerve sat on those couches and smoked dabs for 420 uh, at the Cannabis Cup. I'll never forget that. Big up to my buddy Swerve. Um, Swerve came by and gave me a lot of compliments, pulled me aside. We had a long talk about the industry, about life. Uh, it's good to see Swerve doing as well as he can, bro. I hope the health stays strong. Uh, big shout-out to my buddy Swerve from the Cali Connection. Then also, uh, big shout-out to JJ. Uh, JJ from Top Dog. JJ stops by and shakes my hand every event he sees me. Uh, it's like we're building this extra family that I really enjoy. I love the Irie Army, but then it's also cool to build bonds with all of the other breeders in the industry. I don't feel any uh, animosity or intimidation or competition with any of them. We're all doing our own thing, and I love building the relationship with all of them. I'm going to collab with everybody in the future. Also, speaking of collabs, I can't say too much, but I got to see uh, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the ghetto superstar, my buddy. Uh, big shout out to my buddy Mace. Mace was at the event there. I uh, got to see Mace. Uh, Mace was a little bit under the weather, wasn't uh, hanging out as much as he could have. He didn't want to get everybody else sick, so I understand and respect and appreciate that shit, but got to see Mace, got to give him a, a homie handshake. You know, when you slap hands, you do the fist bump thing. We did that. We talked for a moment. Uh, looked like Mace was selling a bunch of seeds, so shout out to Mace. I love the, uh, the community that we're building there. It's so awesome, too. I get more excited to get there early just to see what the crew is doing and catch up. Like, how are you, man? What have seeds have you made this year? Where you been? Uh, how's the industry treating you? We've got our own little like private conversations before the party even happens. I love the relationships that we're all building. I love that the uh, the weirdness in the community seems to be going away. For a little while, there was some hatred, some uh, some jealousy, some animosity in the cannabis industry. Now it feels like we're really, we are uniting, which we've all got the same fucking goal, you guys. We all want to grow cannabis. We all want to sell seeds and get good seeds out to the world. Let's be chill with each other. That's my uh, theory there. All right. I've gone on far too long about the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash. It was super awesome. It was super exciting. I had a really good time. 
and I look forward to doing it again next year. Shout out to the whole gang. Shout out to everybody. If you brought me seeds, flowers, stickers, a high five. If we took a selfie together, yo, please post the selfies if we took one together. But everybody, thank you for showing up. Thank you for making it a great event. I feel like it went off without a hitch. Uh, I was talking about those uh, those time blocks. They all went super smooth. It was a great event. Let me get myself back on track. Let's move into the part of the podcast, which everybody loves and enjoys. This is the grow question and answer portion of the podcast. This is where we give away free seeds. That's right. If you go to my website, iregenetics.com, there's a list of tabs on the top. One of them says questions or grow help. I don't remember what it says right now. I've had too many dabs. You will find it. Go to the website. If you've got a grow question, click on there. Scroll down, answer the preliminary questions. If you've got a general grow question, just go ahead and type that in. If I read your grow question here on the podcast, that means you win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. If I read your question here, please go ahead and send me uh, your shipping address with a real name. And also let me know what episode number you won the seeds on. That way I can mark that off my list. I am keeping track of who I send seeds to. But send me an email with your shipping address. I will get you a free pack of seeds. This message came from the Grow Help tab and it came from my friend Terps. What up Terps? Big love, bro. This message said, I think this is the place for a question. This is absolutely the place, bro. The question says, what are some steps you take to sexing a new regular bean? And I'm going to call you out. You actually typed in the word sexting. So what's your phone autocorrecting shit for, bro? I see you. Anyway, it says, uh, what's, what are some steps you take to sexing a new bean? I have a couple of strains that are very shy and do not want to show me their goodies. So you got some plants that are some prudes over there. Uh, we're trying to make these plants show you their sex. Um, the main thing I focus on when I'm trying to get plants to show me their sex is an uninterrupted 12-hour dark period. That's basically what's going to put our plants into flower. So I would change the timer from 12, uh, from either 24 hours on, which a lot of people do, or 18 hours on and six hours off, which is what I recommend. So I would go ahead and I would change that timer to 12-12. I would put it on a flowering cycle. That 12 hours of darkness will tell the plant, hey, fall is coming. It thinks the end of the world is near and it wants to flower. So it should go into flower. If your plants are in this 12-12 uh, situation for about 10 days, 14 days, and they do not begin to show you flower, I would suspect you've got some light leaks or these plants have got what we call a very strong critical period. The critical period is the amount of darkness, uh, the amount of uninterrupted darkness, which it takes to trigger a plant to go into flower. Uh, these plants could be from a region on the globe where it takes a little longer to trigger them. But most plants, the reason why we chose 1212 is because it seems to work with most plants to put them into flower. I do have some notes here. Let me get onto the notes. Uh, give them uh, 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of uninterrupted darkness for 10 to 14 days. They should start showing you sex. If not, like I said before, I suspect a light leak. They're not getting that dark period. They're probably stretching more than you want them to. That should be an indicator. Uh, so put the plants in 12-12. Wait for sex. They should show you. Uh, by day 17, you should definitely know what you're working with. Then once you've made your determinations, which are males or females, uh, cull which ones you don't want. I'm a seed breeder. Sometimes I, I do a pheno hunt just for boys. Once you found the boys or girls, get rid of what you do and do not want. Keep the rest. Then return them to either 24 hours on or 18 hours on and six hours off of a lighting cycle. Now, I do understand that some people are not going to want to put their little tiny plant into flower and then shock it, make it show us sex, and then put it back. They find that to be too stressful for the plant. Uh, really, it's not that big of a deal, but if you don't want to do that, I do have an option for you. 
you can veg your plant from seed until it is large enough to take a clone. When you take that clone, you can then put the clone directly into 12-12 lighting, and that clone should go into flower, like I said, in 10 to 14, maybe 17 days at the most. It'll start showing you if it is a boy or a girl. When you take those clones, be very careful. I should have mentioned this already. Mark your plant. Label your plant somehow. You can give it a number, a letter. You can give it a people name. It could be uh, A32 Jack if you want. You can get as creative as you want. But when you label that plant A32 Jack, make sure you label the clone that came from it A32 Jack as well so we know which is which. That way, when your clone shows sex, if you're going to toss the males like most people do, you could toss the male clone and you could toss the big plant at the same time. Then you've just eliminated all the boys, the clones, and the potted plants. Now you've just got females left in the room. Another option, kind of on the same boat here, you can take, you can veg your plants out till they're big enough to get a clone. Label them. We got Jack A32. This time we're going to use Jill 52B, and we're going to take a clone of Jill 52B. Now we're going to put those clones under lighting, under the 24-hour uh, lighting, and we're going to let those root. But then we're going to take our big plants and put those into the flower room and flip those because we've been vegging them for a while anyway. They're already big enough to grow and produce a little bit. And they're just the first time we're running them. I don't want to veg them too big because they could be intersex. They could be ugly. It might not be something I'm interested in. So let's just grow those in that original. Uh, they're probably in a one, a three gallon pot. They're big enough to get a clone. Let's just flip those. As soon as those plants show you sex, you could flip, you could toss the males and also go back and toss the clones that went with that. Now, something I should mention, uh, if we go from 12-12 from seed, if you sprout seeds, put them immediately under 12-12 uh, lighting, it may take two or three weeks for those plants to adjust their hormones to even really go into flower. So it may take you three to four weeks to actually see the sex if you go directly 12-12 from seed. Not every plant, every strain is going to do that, but it is very possible that it could take a minute for those hormones to develop for the plant to go, I'm growing, I know I'm under 12-12, I'm not sure what to do yet. Then the certain hormones, the correct hormone will hit that plant and it'll go, I know what I'm supposed to do. This is 12-12 lighting. I'm going to flower. So they may need a little bit of time just to adjust if you're doing this straight from seed. If the plant has grown big enough and you've taken a clone from it, it's already developed enough of those hormones that those clones definitely will flip right away. So the main thing we're talking about here is something called critical period. That is the amount of time that a plant takes to decide that it needs to go into flower, the amount of uninterrupted darkness that that plant requires to trigger the flowering phase. Uh, I think 12-12 is the trick for most plants. That's why we the general rule of thumb is 12-12. That should work. If not, like I said before, my first suspicion is that these plants are not getting that uninterrupted darkness. They may be getting a light leak. Again, I don't know what's going on. You said they're just being stubborn. Uh, they're being shy and not showing you their goodies. It may be a light leak. Make sure they're getting that uninterrupted darkness. Also, they may just be too young to show you their goodies. You might may need to wait till they at least reach a little bit of more hormonal level. Then they'll start to show you what they've go, got going on. My dude, Terps, I'm pretty sure I know who this message came from. Please do send me your address. I'll send you another pack of seeds because I love what you do with them in the garden. All right, I've got a lot of great more messages, a lot of great more messages. That's pretty good wording here. I'm not even going to edit that part out. We're just going to leave that in the show. Uh, one of the great more messages that I've got here in the pile comes from a person who wants to be called Pot Casso or uh, Potty O Toker. They gave me two names to call them. 
Um, feeling frisky, are you, bro? I like this message. Anyway, this one, uh, my friend, uh, what are we going to call you? Pot Casso. Uh, please do send me a real name and a shipping address because like I said before, I owe you a free pack of seeds because I'm going to read your message right here on the podcast. The message goes a little bit like this. It says, yo, Rasta Jeff, thank you for all you do, especially the education. I learned everything I know from you, the Irie Army, and the Dude Grow Show. Bro, thank you for the great compliments. Uh, thank you for supporting the Irie Army and also big shout out to the Dude Grow Show. The message goes on. It says, I love your work and your brand. You are bringing the knowledge and the fire to the people. Thank you for noticing, dude. Also, thank you for noticing. Then it says, my question is, how often would you defoliate when you are scrogging? I do a two trellis system in play. The first one is to fill the canopy. The second is to support. That's a great strategy. That's basically what I do. Use the first one to spread them out. Then you get those chunky colas. Use that second one to hold them up. Great strategy there. It says, is there a particular time and frequency you defoliate your personal or commercial grow? I basically handle defoliation the same in a personal and commercial grow. Uh, whether I'm growing for seeds or flowers or whatever, I basically do the same uh, method, schedule, and strategery. So it goes on. I lost my place, to be honest with you. It says, I've seen other recommendations of heavy leaf strips the week before flip uh, at day 21 and at day 42. Honestly, dude, that's a great strategy. That's basically what I do. Uh, very close to what I do. It says, personally, I clean up the skirt and any potential bud sites the week before flip and then nothing till day 21. I lollipop to my first trellis and then only a light cleanup again uh, for blocked bud sites and heavy leaf on leaf areas for airflow. Uh, you're doing it pretty close to how I would do it. But I go, I've, I've got notes, so I'll talk about that more. Uh, let me read the rest of what you've got. It says, periodically, I'll take a leaf or two when necessary until week 10, where I strip her bald, headed into harvest. Yes, I love a, uh, a pre-harvest strip. That way you just get all those leaves off there, turn the lights off, come back the next day, chop it down. You don't have as much junk to clean up. Yes, I do appreciate that. He uh, starts, he finishes up with, I love going 18-6, week 10 of flower. Bro, thank you for saying that because so many people, uh, are skeptical and so many people have sent me basically hate mail and told me that I'm ridiculous and wild and crazy and uh, basically retarded for recommending to go uh, 18 hours on and six hours off at the end of flower. I've noticed the people that have tried it fucking love it. Everybody that tries it sends me a message and they say, hey, bro, I tried this fucking awesome. The people who haven't tried it tell me I'm fucking crazy. There's something that I notice about that. Anyway, thank you for trying it. Thank you for having faith in me. And thank you for saying that it is working. Uh, then it does go on. It says the next cycle in an attempt to really try to maximize potential. I'm doing a main line into a scrog. Any recommendations? Uh, no, I don't really fuck with the main line. Just fill that scrog. Don't worry too much about the main line. Scrog just like you are. I think you will be happier. The main line um, no offense. The main line to me is for people who are only allowed to have one plant and they just don't have shit to do all day. So they're doing as much as they possibly can to that one single plant. That's how I feel about mainlining. It's just a lot of work to one plant. When what you've done with one plant mainlining, I could have done that with the whole garden, just scrogging it, trellising it, popping, twisting and cropping it properly. If you got one plant, go for it. If you got all day, but I don't have all day to fuck with one plant. That's just me. I, I'm a commercial grower. I think on a much larger scale. It says, any recommendations? Yeah, that was my recommendation. We'll talk more about the, uh, the defoliation also. Uh, then he wraps it up with, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Hey, bro, that's my line. What do I say now? What am I going to say at the end of the show? You stole my line, man. No, I'm just joking. I'm confident. Here we go. Um, So 
The main question here is about defoliation and your strategy. You said that you uh, do it a week before flip, which is basically, uh, I would do it the day of flip, mainly because um, just strategy for the rooms. It's easier for me to defoliate in the bigger room. I do start uh, defoliating a little bit in veg, but not heavily. Just some of the giant leaves, those will come off in veg. Then day one of flip, I'll give it a nice defoliation. Then basically, like you said, you said day 21 and 42, um, yeah, that's basically what I would do, uh, two weeks in about four weeks in, but about two weeks in is when I do the shave and the lollipopping and a heavy deleafing. Uh, so flip it, uh, do a deleaf, not a major, but a pretty good one. Let it ride. Then two weeks in, I'll do a major lollipopping. I'll shave the legs. I'll do some defoliation. I'll do a bunch of popping and twisting and a lot of working into the canopy. If anything is getting too tall. So week two is really when I go kind of hard. I'll do it again at week four. And then I do continue all the way up into week six. If I see shit down there underneath the canopy that just doesn't look good, I'll just take it off. I don't want to waste that. I don't want to trim it. I'm definitely not going to trim that shit later. Uh, I just want to pull that off and let it actually put that energy, that feed, those nutrients, that love somewhere else in the plant up top where it's going to be worth trimming is basically what I'm thinking. So one of the things I really wanted to mention was... Um, I don't like to do one super hard defoliation. Keep in mind, I kind of come from a commercial cultivation background. So I've got a room, uh, let's just say a hundred foot by a hundred foot room with a, I'm going to say five or 800 plants in there. I'm just guessing and making shit up. Um, I wouldn't go in and super hard defoliate one section. What I would do is I would set a timer and I would try to spend, uh, I would divide the day in quarters and make sure that I did a quarter of the day on this part of the room and a quarter over here and a quarter here and a quarter here so that I don't have one section that's heavily defoliated and the rest looks like the 70s bush. I would rather go around the room multiple times and take off light layers every time around the room and just continuously do that other than just go take, if we got multiple tables, that's how we do it. We just say, don't go strip that table naked, strip all the tables a level two, then come back and strip all the tables to level four. Don't just do one section at level fucking eight right away. Go lightly all the way around the room. That just creates a, a better airflow. It creates less microclimates, more even, uh, and it's better for your mind, I think, also. You just see the progress differently. Instead of getting all these naked and then going, oh, I got all that left to do, you go, oh, we kind of got part of the whole room, and you get to move around the room instead of being in one place. I like to put on a podcast, put on some music, and just defoliate. I could defoliate all day. It's very zen for me, uh, pulling the big pedials, seeing how many big-ass trash bags or five-gallon buckets of leaves I pulled just feels real good to me. I don't know. It feels like I'm accomplishing something. So honestly, it feels like you've got the right idea. There is no, uh, no right or wrong way to do this. If you're pulling too many leaves, that is the only wrong way. And you'll be able to tell because the plants will slow down. Uh, you're doing it a week before day 21 and day 42. I go day one, day 21 and day 42, basically, um, give them that good leg shaving, give them the lollipopping. Um, I think you're doing everything just about perfectly. Do you do any popping and twisting? Um, some super cropping. That may be the only thing that you may need to implement in your scrog game. My dude, Pot Casso or Potty O Toker. I love the two names, dude. Uh, that's three names I got here for you. Thank you for the great message. I will take a fat dab. I will give my mom a hug for me. In the meantime, here's a reminder. Please do send me your shipping address with a real name and also a reminder what episode you did win the free seeds on so I could scroll back, see that I do actually owe you prizes. Guys, don't try to scam me. I am paying attention. We're better at this than you think. All right, we're going to keep moving. I do have another great message here in front of me. This one came from our friend who wants to be called Daft Punk's Luggage. That sounds like a heavy uh, task right there. You got helmets and dance gear in there. 
Anyway, let's stay focused here on the podcast. Daft Punk's Luggage, my dude, I owe you a free pack of seeds. So like I've said before, please send me your real name with a shipping address and also remind me what episode number I read your message on and I will send you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. The question from our friend Daft Punk's Luggage goes a lot like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, I do know the difference between F1s, F2s, F3s, etc. So those are just filial generations. It says each being a new filial generation selected from a mating pair from the previous generation. All right, so it sounds like you do understand. It says, theoretically, each generation is getting closer to stabilization if good selections are made by the breeder. Yes, that does all make sense. That is accurate. It goes on, it says, what do you see when you self with silver thiosulfate using a strong female from each generation? That is a very, very good question. It goes on, there is more. It says, you have mentioned in previous episodes that you have seen greater variation in F2s, more of the grandma and grandpa than and some weirdos than you do in the F1s. Does this prove true through selfing F2s as well? Uh, I may have stumbled through reading that, but that is a very good question. Let me try to explain what this person is asking. When you are breeding regular seeds with male and female seeds, the second filial generation often shows what we call transgressive segregation. What we will see is we will see progeny that outperform both parents. We will also see uh, representations of the grandma on both sides and the grandpa on both sides and possibly weird recessive traits. F2 is kind of like the Pandora's box. We kind of open up a lot of weird stuff. F3 is kind of weird also. F4, you start mellowing shit out. By the time you're at F5, you're getting a lot more stable. So I do talk about the F2 showing a lot more phenotypical variation. Some of us are into that. I'm a breeder. I want to see that weird shit that I can find in there. Some of you guys don't like it, but that's what happens. We get that weird wildness that comes from the F2s. Now, they are asking, if I were to take an F2 one of those F2s that came from that batch of seeds and reverse that one and self it, am I going to find as wild uh, different phenotypical variants in that F2 uh, if I make in that S1 from that F2? I know that's a bunch bunch of different numbers there, but it does make sense if you're following along. The simple answer to that is no. I'm not going to find as many different phenotypical variations and variances because I have not really introduced anything to unlock Pandora's box. I'm just taking one plant, and I'm just taking its chromosomes, I'm taking the pollen from that and putting it back on there. It's just going to replicate that plant. If I were to take um, a plant from that, a female from that F2 and take another female from that same filial generation and not self it, but reverse it and put the pollen on a different phenotype, at that point, I may see more phenotypical variants than I would normally do with the selfing or a reverse project, but I think that would be the only way to open up that weirdness again is if I uh, put it on a different plant or if I pollinated one of those reversals with something from another generation. But So I think the short answer of what I'm trying to say is no, we will not see the wild phenotypical variation if we were to S1 and F2. And if you're following along with breeding class, that does make perfect sense. There is more to this question. It says, the reason I ask, I like that. You've got a reason for the question. It says, I just bought a pack of yours and subcools, Jack the Ripper F2 number four, and I'm interested in exploring the genetics. I wonder if I should open pollinate the group to improve my chances of getting a winner or should I call the males and then self the best looking female to see what she has in her? That is a great question. Uh, that's all about how much time, how much space, how much energy, uh, what you really want to do with this. 
Uh, I've done, in my opinion, I've done a pretty good selection on this breeding project. I know that the Jack the Ripper F2 number fours are really good seeds, so you will find a good winner in there. There will be a female in that batch that meets the criteria you're looking for. It will have all the Jack the Ripper traits, the uh, limey dryer sheet flavor, the head ripping buzz, the strong growth. I will have all of that for you. If you want to open pollinate that to take it to the F3, you will make something amazing. That would be a really fun step to take these seeds, but that will take more time, space, and energy. If you just want to select the female, you've still got to grow out all the seeds. You've still got to find the winner female. You got to call the boys. At this point, you probably could have just done the open pollination project right here. So why not do both? Why not uh, veg them, get clones of everybody, do the open pollination. In that process, you'll see the female in there that stands out to you. You will notice. Even though it's pollinated, you'll see it. It'll be visually appealing. It'll smell great. You'll know what the keeper out of that project is. I know you will. I have faith in you. So veg them. Take clones of everybody. Do the open pollination. Select your favorite female out of that. You've got a clone of her in backup in the clone machine or in the clone dome. Keep that one. Harvest everybody else. Go back, take, make two clones of your favorite keeper, and then do the selfing project again. That's in a, in a fucking ideal world in a fantasy land right there. Uh, I'm not sure which would be best for you. Both would be amazing. Uh, you've got two totally different projects in there. You could do the open pollination with the entire packs. So you've got probably five males and five females just tossing all those Jack the Ripper genetics around. You'll make some amazing shit. Uh, or you've got the option to do selective breeding. You could pick your favorite male and favorite female, breed those together, and make a selectively bred F3. Uh, the open pollination will also be F3. I would just call it uh, open pollination F3. That's what I would call that. Uh, the selective breeding would be better for the uh, the F3. But your other option there is to find your favorite female and self it. All three of those sound like very fun projects for their own reason. I don't want to decide for you which one you should do. Uh, you're kind of asking which one should I do, but... Uh, should I call the males? And then, yeah, I would do them all. This is like a, a five-year project, but I would do all of this shit if I were you. It does go on. It says, I do have a plant count limit, and I would love to grow 100 plants to do a proper pheno hunt, but I have kids, and that is that. I'm going to stay within the bounds of the law. Bro, that is respectable and respectful. I did not write this down, but let me jump in and talk about something here that you just said. Uh, you want to do a pheno hunt and you've got a small plant count and you don't have time or uh, the ability to sift through a large population of seeds. Uh, me too, bro. Uh, I am in an area where my plant count is limited to 12 plants. Also, I've got a podcast, a seed company and uh, five foot long dreadlocks. Everybody in my city knows who I am. I'm pretty sure law enforcement knows who I am by this point. I've got to be very careful. I do not go over my plant count because they would love to make an example of me at this point. So I'm only able to do 10 or 12 plant pheno hunts at a time, just like you. Uh, the way that I work through 100 seeds is I will start 10 seeds. I will grow them. If something doesn't look right in the beginning, I immediately toss that bitch. Get rid of it. I don't want it. Uh, then I'll grow them out. Sometimes those mutants are winners, but if I'm breeding and doing certain shit, I know what I'm looking for. So I'll grow them. I'll get rid of the boys if I'm not looking for boys. So at this point, I took 10 seeds. I probably narrowed them down to five before we get like into the flowering phase. Then I'll flower those out. Uh, as soon as they go into flower, if I popped, if I got five in the flower room, I germinate five more immediately. Now I'm back at my plant count. Why am I wasting numbers? I'm just going to pop more seeds to replace those. Uh, so out of those five, I'll probably keep one or two. Now I've got five more coming up. I'm going to repeat the process. Keep one or two. I'm also going to pop more seeds until I've got one or two more keepers and I can only grow. So I'm going to have five keepers and germinate five more seeds. 
Then I'm gonna pick my favorite two out of these five and I'm gonna eliminate the other three and just start over. So it's kind of like a bracket system, uh, casting couch audition process. Grow 10 of them, find your favorite. Grow 10 more, find your favorite. Compare that top one out of that one to the other top one before. Who wins? Make them battle. It's a battle royale. It's a bracket system. I just keep going and replacing as I find something better. So you can do a small pheno hunt. It just takes more time. So the email does go on. There's more to the question. It says, uh, if I could have a fully female population, that would be better. If I could get the same results or better results from using your STS recipe and selfing a strong female from the population, that would be ideal. What do you think? Well, it sounds like you've came up with part of the answer there. You want all female seeds because it would be easier. So at that point, I would say grow out the entire pack and find your favorite female and then self her and make your own uh, feminized seeds out of her. That sounds like a really fun project. So it sounds like the best bet for you may be to make these fem seeds. And that strategy would be to uh, veg out these plants, get a clone from everybody, put them all into flower. Uh, as soon as you identify males, get rid of the male plant, get rid of the male clones. Uh, pot those clones as soon as they're ready. Have them on reserve. They are now your backup keepers. That's your genetic preservation. Uh, grow out the plants that you've got in flower. Find your favorite female. Smoke them, dry them, cure them, finish them out. Find your favorite female and make your selection. Now you've got backup clones. Toss everything except your favorite one. Uh, grow that one out. Make two clones of it. Now we're on to the selfing process. You're going to treat one with the silver. You're going to pollinate the other. And now you have just done your selection and made your Jack the Ripper F2S1s for yourself. Now, the fun part of that is growing them and seeing the uh, the variation that does come from that. You're not going to get that wild variation like when you cross male and female plants. You're definitely not going to get that wild F2 variation, but you're going to see some cool stuff. You're going to see some of what made the Jack the Ripper, some of the mom, some of the dad, and you're going to get a bunch of phenotypes that look just like that female that you selected. So my friend, Daft Punk's Luggage, I hope I answered your question. I got quite rambly on this one. There were a lot of good details to talk about. I look forward to knowing what you decide to do with this project. Are you going to go with the open pollination? Are you going to go with selective breeding? Or are you going to do the feminized project? It sounds kind of like the, uh, the open pollination and the fem project, like I said a minute ago, would work hand in hand. You've already got to do the pheno hunt. Let's just do the open pollination while you're doing that. You'll make so many fun seeds to play with. And then, uh, then you can take your favorite one out of that, the original batch, and you can self that. Then also you can grow out all those seeds and find your favorite from that batch that you made. And then you can self that one. You can make an F3 S1 also. Then, then do some plan. Then just start back crossing and going back in circles. Um, you'll have a lot of fun with that if you just open it up. Don't be afraid. Have a lot of fun. If you see a plant with potential and a plant with potential, put them bitches together or line breed parallel lines and then breed them together in the end. I give you full permission to play with the Jack the Ripper. Uh, I came from sub. I was given full permission by Miss Jill to breed with it. My theory is once I make a seed, I have no right in saying what you do with it if you've paid for it, if you've bought it or acquired it uh, ethically. If you stole it, piss off. Don't grow those. No, I know you didn't, but I'm just saying, if you got those seeds in an ethical manner, I have no control over what you do with them. Have a bunch of fun. Also, you got some more free seeds coming your way. So like I've said before, please send me a real name and a shipping address. I'll get you out a free pack of Irie Genetics seeds. 
If anybody out there has sent me a message and I have not read it on the show, please do not feel discouraged. I've got a mountain of questions here in front of me. I'm working my way through them the best I can. I try to get three or four per episode. I did ramble quite a bit through this one question, so we only covered three in this show, but that's just how it goes. Keep listening, keep watching. Maybe I'll read your question on the next episode. Also, if you have grow questions out there, please do go to iregenetics.com, find the grow help tab, and please do send me your grow questions. If I read your question on the show, I will send you a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 808 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. That is so many shows. Thank you guys for all the love and continued support. Make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else you could possibly need is on my website, iregenetics.com. There's a link to the Discord server. There's a link to the Patreon. There's a link to iRedirect so you can get seeds. There's a link to contact us. Everything you could imagine. All the vendor links are there. Everything is at iregenetics.com. All right, my voice is burning out. My ADD is kicking in. It's time to wrap up the show. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Billy Bong Smoking. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Big up yourself every time, Rasta Jeff.